0: This week's episode is brought to you by Fairy Godmother Travel. Contact them for all your Disney travel needs. Send them an email at Communicore Weekly at FairyGodmotherTravel.com and tell them we sent you.
1: Hello, and welcome to CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And for once,
0: George, you took a trip without me. And I'm jealous (laughs) of
1: that. (laughs) Oh, oh, I went somewhere that you wanted to go. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Oh, gotcha. And it wasn't a haunt convention or a haunt museum but there were some scary things there. Okay, usually I wouldn't care, but
0: the fact that you went someplace so amazingly awesome makes me so insanely jealous that I can't wait to hear your trip report about it.
1: Good, good, good. Well, I mean, I guess it's time to crank up the theme song. All right, let's I do it. I love this theme song.
0: Your best we took a trip, and this is our trip.
1: Okay, for this trip report, I was pretty excited because I got press credentials to go to IAPA, which some of you may have heard of, some of you may have never heard of, and it took me forever to remember what the acronym means. It's I-A-A-P-A. So you know the A and the P has got to be amusement park. I'm assuming. It's yeah, you don't. You know, or sorry. annual pass. Or annual pass association. It's the International Association of Amusement Parks and attractions so it's sort of like a gigantic trade group and companies like Walt Disney belong or uh, yeah Disney belong to this Six Flags Cedar Fair um, the parks in Dubai as well as the smaller family inter- entertainment centers like um, fun spot or if you have a local golf course uh, putt putt type place they would be part of IAPA as well as I saw people from state fairs walking around that's kind of cool actually so it's yeah. like all-inclusive like entertainment yes. or um you know what but, I mean. theme park but for yeah theme parks amusement parks family entertainment centers it was quite amazing no and theme park friends, left behind <laughs> no none uh, I had friends who tell told me well beforehand that I would not see everything and I would be overwhelmed and they were right but I urge you, if you ever get the opportunity to visit IAPA, to do it because you're going to see some things that nobody else is going to see for a couple years. Um, a little bit about IAPA before we get into the overall trip report. There were a thousand 66 companies that displayed items and they had over half a million feet of trade show floor space, which is a lot. And this is in the Orlando Convention Center. There were 21,000 Qualified buyers, they called them, from around the world. This include amusement park executives from water parks, uh, zoos, aquariums, museums, science centers. And there were over 13,000 people that participated and another 25,000 attendees. So this was amazing. It it's was a lot of people. Amazing. And I only got to spend two days there. Um, the trade show area was open on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I was there for Wednesday and Thursday because, of course, I had to visit some theme parks while I was there. Of course, of course. So, one of the first things I did was my first virtual reality experience. Unfortunately, it wasn't with an Oculus Rift. This was a knockoff, but it was still really cool. You know those um, chairs that uh, Will Smith sits in in Men in Black when he takes his exam? They look like the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, they had those and they put a knockoff Oculus Rift on your head. And you had some handles like uh, joysticks and you played a first person zombie shooter and the eggs moved up and down and tilted a little bit while you were sitting in it to give that sense of moment. But the aiming reticule was exactly in the center of wherever you looked. So your aim was perfect. That's kind of awesome. It was great. And I wasn't scared. You would have been proud of me. I killed a whole bunch of zombies and me and my group, whoever was with me, we killed the big, big zombie. It was great. (laughs) Um, so moved on after that and did the uh, exhibit from MediaMation. And it was uh, basically they had a 3D attraction, you know, that you put on the glasses. And it was over a dome, like a Illumini IMAX. And it had, you know, some water sprayed on you and some wind. And it was just showing off their technology. But they also showed off their Oculus Rift technology. And this is the first time I've ever done true Oculus Rift. And it's amazing. Basically, they had, you know, like a four-wheeler. And two people could sit in, one person could drive, and one person could sit. And since I was by myself, I sat with a salesperson, um, sales lady. Um, and you, I got to drive it was sort of like a warthog from Halo. And you're driving around an arena, and it looks fascinatingly real and amazing. They did warn me that, you know, your perspective would be off a little bit like when you go for the gear shifter. Yeah. So be careful because it's only forward and reverse. And yes, when I sat down and tried to put it in reverse, I did grab the sales lady's knee. <laughs> she said, that's not the gear shift. I said, I'm so sorry. She was that's okay. It's not the first time. Um, <laughs> but it looked like you were really in the Halo universe and they said they could link up like eight those that's like really awesome yeah and it moved it was great and that was by MediaMation. um i also got to ride a full-size zamperla flat ride it was sort of like a gigantic dumbo but it was like hang gliders that was very very cool right in the middle of the convention floor there was a flat ride um got to see all the roller coaster manufacturers that i wanted to see like bollinger and mabillard roller coaster nerd you know it rocky mountain coasters And talk to them about the new coasters they're making and some of the other designs and, you know, ask them for free stuff. But they couldn't give me a lot of free stuff. (laughs) Can I have a free roller coaster, please? A free roller coaster. But it was great to see like Intamin, one of the manufacturing companies, they were all, you know, sitting there with like six tables and they were selling coasters right then and there. It was it was like a car showroom floor. Was it, you know, like uh, delivery or can you just put it in the back of your car? Oh, yeah, it was like, I think you had to do installment plans. Okay, okay. And they would design and build it for you. Um, <laughs> and there were there were lots of, like, coin-op manufacturers for, like, arcade games, you know, claw machines, cranes, um, tons of water slide companies there. It was, it was a little overwhelming. Did stop by the Holoviz, and they have this sort of portable half-dome 4D shooter experience where you put on 3D glasses. And it was fantastic. I couldn't tell where I was shooting, but my team... (laughs) That's all I know. Um, There was some great food. You know, you can't go wrong with free food at a convention. No, not at all. Nathan's Hot Dogs. I did get in line like once or twice or three times for that. Uh, Got new flavors of Dippin' Dots. There was a a Sour Patch Kids flavor that was really good. Really? Yes, it was wonderful. It wasn't sour. It was really fruity, which was good. Um... They had free Coke there. They had free Nathan, uh, free Italian ices. Uh, there was a great sausage company was giving out sausage. I was like, hey. But the highlight of the actual theme park or the IAPA floor was the beaver tails. Loved them. Loved them. Loved them. You there have to explain th- what they are to yes. people. There was always 30 people in line for the beaver tails. And I first had one like not Bieber, like Justin Bieber, but Beaver. Like, like, like the, the animal. Animal, yeah. First had one at like Epcot in like 2004. And my son, who's turning 17, remembers it from when he was like six. How good they were! But it's basically sort of like an elephant ear for anybody that's been to a state fair or something like that. But they add different flavors to it. It's not quite like an elephant ear, but but it's really good. And I had two of them, both with cinnamon and with lemon on it. Interesting, and it was incredible. Loved the beaver tails. But the coolest thing that we got to do. Uh, Well, I guess we, just IAPA people in general. Um, There's a fantastic little family entertainment center called Fun Spot, which people um, may have done. There's two Fun Spots. I can't remember which one this was, the one on International Drive. But Mac Coasters, M-A-C-K, let people ride the virtual coaster. And they had, two, they had three special evenings on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday that you could go by. You had to have a special ticket and show them your IAPA badge. And they let you sit on the coaster with an Oculus Rift headset.
0: Okay, could, let, me, let me ask you a question. Yes. So, I understand it's Oculus Rift, it's virtual reality. Are you actually yes. on a roller coaster at the same time, yes. or is it just a seat that
1: moves? You were on a real roller coaster.
0: Okay, so you're actually physically on a ridiculous roller coaster, but not...
1: Yes. Seeing real life. You're seeing not virtual at all. stuff. Okay. They have the Freedom Flyer, which is a suspended coaster. Basically means you're sort of hanging underneath the, the track. Very smooth. And it's about a minute, because I was in line long enough I kept timing it, going, This feels short, but no, it's it's a full minute, so it's not bad for a coaster. And it's been there for a while. So they put the real Oculus Rift headset on you. It was completely portable, and you find yourself in a futuristic city mm-hmm. sort of not like epcot but it's just like a space city and you're in a tank and there's a little button on the side of the oculus rift that you can push and you can fire lasers and all of a sudden what? yes 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 but it, it, it's okay all of a sudden on your left and you can look around you can look around you can see the person sitting next to you you don't see them you just sort of see like a like helm. a placeholder like a placeholder, it looks like it like a like Master Chief from Halo. Mm-hmm. Look around, you can see the city, you can, you know, the perspective changes for you. But all of a sudden on your left, an alien pops up, like a big grub alien. And you're like, oh crap, that's massive. Your tank takes off and as you go up the lift hill, the alien grabs the bottom of the highway and pushes it up. So So that's the lift th- hill. That's the lift hill. Okay and as you go through the turns and the curves uh, there was like, because you were in a tank, a uh, like a rocket ship slash plane puts a um, grappling hook on you and pulls you through the city to get away from the monster. It felt better than Star Tours. It felt better than the Anna Jones adventure. It felt better than, you know, uh, Transformers or the, the Spider-Man ride at Universal because you had the real movement. And I laughed the first time I read about uh, different parks doing virtual reality on a roller coaster. It's like, that's stupid. He thought Why it was ridiculous, didn't you? Enjoy the roller coaster. But now I understand they can build a story. They can build something that feels amazing. You're up 200 feet in the air virtually, even though I was only about 50 feet in the air on the coaster, if that. And you feel your feet swinging. You feel like you are flying. It was absolutely incredible. Everybody that got off of it, whether they were, there were teenagers that were there, there were theme park executives, everybody was like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever done. That's incredible. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Hopefully, we'll see that in the next couple of years at a theme park. I know they're doing it at uh, Canada's Wonderland on mm. a wooden coaster and at Europa Park. Because the, the guy that I, I went to see the Mac rides people the next day and just told him how wonderful it was, he goes, oh, here's my business card. If you're ever at Europa, look me up and we'll, we'll go do some rides. And I'm if like, you're ever in the neighborhood in Europe... If you're ever in Europe, I was like, okay. So, yeah, if you get a chance to ride virtual coaster, go for it, because it was awesome. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Felt great, a a mixture of, you know, a great video game with a great coaster, Mm -hmm. and it was fun. And yeah, it was great. Uh, IAPA in general, mind-blowing. I know I didn't see half of everything that was on the floor. I would have probably had to spend another two or three days. And each day I was there, I was doing about 30,000 steps. So it's a lot so it's of, a wa- lot of walking, a lot of a wandering lot, around and a lot of wandering around. But you didn't of... see everything though. No, I didn't see everything. I didn't even come close. There was, there were several, um, laser tag, small laser tag arenas. They had set up the new Lego Ninjago, Ninjago ride. That's debuting in California. Like buzz, Lightyear Astro blasters, except you use your hands. You make a gun with your fingers in your hand, and you shoot using that. That's it? Yes. So you don't have to grab a controller or anything else. Uh, You can do different things with your hand, like hold it up as a shield, hold it flat to block things. There's some stuff that's coming out that is amazing. That's impressive.
0: Very impressive.
1: Very impressive. So overall, if you get the chance to visit IAPA, go for it, because it is so cool. So, so very cool, and you'll learn some stuff. But jealous, yeah, you should be jealous. So, well, I'll I'll get you in next year, Jeff. Hooray, Florida. Um, but you know, if you've ever had the chance to visit uh IAPA or you get to ride one of the virtual coasters around the world, let us know. Call us on the Communicore Weekly GOAT line, we'd love to hear about it. Call us at 424 785 4628. That's 424 785 GOAT. He's a nerd, he's a a geek, geek. but we all like to hear him
0: speak. So listen up to the words from his speech, Ah! it's George's Book of the Week.
1: So this week, we are looking at a book that's a Star Wars Battlefront tie-in. Yes, the video game. Uh, It's called Twilight Company, and it's by Alexander Freed. Okay, so... um, I've played the previous incarnations of Battlefront and love them. Can't wait to play the new one. Guess I'm jealous that Jeff got to do that one. Um, yes. <laughs> so I was kind of hoping for something a little bit different book-wise than what we got, especially after the amazing run of other Star Wars books that we've reviewed over the past year, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah and, you know, I'd call this a tie-in very very loosely, Um, because while, you know, one or two of the battles does intersect from the video game, this novel, to me at least, was more about war strategy and making the right move than the actual, you know, battles from the films and the game itself. Um, You know, there were times when it had the classic Star Wars feel, um, and at others, but to me, the book just kind of left me wanting a little bit
1: more. Yeah, and you know, like Star Wars Aftermath, which... I really came to love once I got to a certain point in it. This book, the Battlefront book, took me about a hundred pages for me to even get the characters names and the situations down. It was very weird. Uh, and I also found myself jumping back to the beginning of the book to figure out if the character was human or, or one of the other species that they, that they were talking about. And it, it seemed really confusing to me and it, it just didn't need to be. So.
0: You know, to be fair, many Star Wars characters have names that are <laughs> hard to remember or unpronounceable or just like, what do they just throw, you know, darts at a letter Random board to see what comes out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, just like George said, for whatever reason, I felt that these characters didn't have any distinguishing characteristics to make them really stand out. To me and have me remember their name. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because the way the storyline jumped around a bit um, from different time frames, uh, it would jump forward, it would jump into the past. It was just hard to keep track of what was going on, you know, and where whatever was happening and what side that
1: particular section of the story was about yeah because the chapters didn't have titles as much as it would say three days before this battle yeah or like 17 hours into this battle or and but the battle names sometimes didn't match up which was weird you know they did have some flashbacks but i didn't know there were flashbacks until halfway through the section you just thought they were new characters i didn't know what was going on um you know i I don't want to say that the book is all bad but to me, it just didn't stand up to the level of the other books, the other Star Wars books that we've read recently. You know, the idea of following a, a ragtag military company, this was basically a ground company. Which, you know, means there's not a lot of X-Wings or Snowspeeders. They don't spend a lot of time fighting in space, which is, you know, Battlefront. It's what you're looking for. I thought the idea of this was a great concept, but maybe it was just, would have been better as a collection of short stories. Looking at different characters that you could tie into the video games somehow. And, you know, I do love it when novelists are given a side story and allowed to make it their own. It, it just, I felt like the book dragged on way too long, almost as if the author had a quota. Like, you've got to get to 350 pages. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a, 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 a,
0: that's a fair observation. Um, it, it wasn't a bad book, and I'm sure many of you out there will enjoy it. It just wasn't. For us, it wasn't for me, yeah. it wasn't for George. Yeah. You know, every author has their own writing style, and you know, I know a lot of people, fans, complained about Aftermath, uh, which we mm-hmm. reviewed, and they complained about the writing style and how it felt like fan fiction. And even though we really enjoyed that book, so I get it, yeah, everyone has their own writing style. I'm just not looking for the same type of thing as the other books, obviously. It's just odd because I've enjoyed uh, Alexander uh, Freed, you know, the guy who wrote this book. He has other novels that were set in the Star Wars galaxy, you know, from the the old expanding universe, um, from Knights of the Old Republic, and I really liked it. I, li- I think he wrote, like, two or three, and I loved them, but this one, just for whatever reason, didn't really resonate with me too much.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's I, I, I want to say it again. I don't want to be too negative about the book, but it felt like, you sort of mentioned it earlier, like a real-time strategy war book. Yeah. So somebody who maybe likes playing RTSs may enjoy this one a lot. Um, I did enjoy the last half of the book a lot more once all the action started and you got into the major battle. And there were some twists and turns that were kind of neat that I really enjoyed, but it still just didn't resonate with me at all. And like I said, I haven't had a chance to play the new Battlefront, so I wonder if it will mean more to people potentially that have played the game like the book will mean more because of the characters or the situations
0: in it Mm, spoiler alert it Uh really it really doesn't um i mean (laughs) i played a lot of battlefront when i say a lot of battlefront i mean a lot of battlefront since it came out what i'm not playing fallout 4 um but it really i mean yeah it kind of intersects but i was kind of hoping it would give me a new perspective on it and it really didn't Um, But, you know, that said, it does take another look into the new Star Wars universe, you know. So completionists, like us, definitely want to check it out uh, without Mm -hmm. a doubt. However, what are they going to get out of it? I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on your interest in military strategy and your overall love of the Star Wars universe. So it's really up to you. Yeah,
1: so I think it's a hard book for both of us to recommend uh, unless you like that strategy feel. Yeah. So so this week's book was Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company by Alexander Freed another minute that you can't get back is the 60 second review so for this week's 60 second review i really wanted to make a short joke but couldn't come up with anything so we'll just jump into it we're gonna You're look coming at, up oh, short i'm coming up short on a good short joke oh that's where i should have wait wait He's can not... i go back
0: to your chip report for a second yeah yeah you talked about knockoff oculus
1: riffs were they ah. Oculus Rifts? riffs Inoculous. Oh, that's good. Boom. Anyway, good. anyway, go on. So, so that's probably the most entertaining part of this review. Um, <laughs> so, we're we're talking about Ant Man, um, which I did happen to see in the theater. Took my superhero crazed. Well, now he's twelve. At the time, he was eleven year old, and he walked away loving it. But he also loved Pixels, the Adam Sandler movie. So you gotta be careful. Oh man. <laughs> um, I enjoyed Ant Man overall. I know why they needed to bring him into the story for, you know, Civil War and the Inhumans and all that stuff. But gosh, this was my least favorite of all. The Marvel Universe films I
0: can see that I can see that I don't know if a lot of people know the story behind Ant-Man but yeah. it's been in development for a long time uh, Edgar Wright famous for Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim versus the World for a many 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 years has been developing this story and then just before they started actually making the movie he left the project he was no longer gonna direct it um, mm-hmm. for creative differences He had wanted to go one way Marvel wanted to go another way which is fine but You know, you can still feel a lot of his touches in the film, I thought, Um, but I felt like his departure kind of made the story uneven, and I felt like it was missing something that the other Marvel films had. I, you know, I liked it. I did like it. It, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it just wasn't my favorite. I thought it was really, really funny. It Mm -hmm. just was missing something.
1: Yeah, it wasn't as good as Guardians of the Galaxy, which turned out to be, you know, last year's sleeper hit. Everybody loved it. You know, it's... You kind of think a superhero that can shrink to the size of an ant, but he also can communicate with the ants because of a special helmet. And when he shrinks, he does get super strength and some other things. It's really hard to explain, but it's it's not quite a buddy film, but it's also a mentor film because, you know, the original Ant-Man is passing down his legacy, so to speak, and you get a really good villain. Yeah. Oh, the villain was good. The villain was good. And, of course, you had lots of fun with the changing in the size and stuff like that. Yeah, I, That was fun. So, I liked it. I liked it. But yeah. it just wasn't as funny as Garden of the Galaxy. Wasn't as heroic as the Captain America films. Wasn't as well tied together as the Avenger titles. So, I don't know what you're going to do. I felt
0: like it was uh, a different variation of a superhero film. It was yeah. a heist film more oh, yeah. than a yeah, superhero film. It, it was, had more in common with, like, Ocean's Eleven than, yeah. you know, Iron Man. So and like Ant- Ants 11. Ants 11, yes. Yeah, okay. See, see we told you it wasn't going to be any better than earlier in the review. <laughs> um, you know, I enjoy the character of Ant-Man. I've always enjoyed him in the comic book. He is kind of a weird choice for a film, kind of like Iron Man was when the first Iron Man came out. Like everyone yeah. was saying, why would they start with Iron Man? And that blew us away. Ant-Man, I feel like, is in this weird place in the Marvel Universe where it has to be put in so he can fit into the rest of the Marvel Universe story. Yeah. And... I, I really do feel like because Edgar Wright left the project, it suffered a little bit. But again, sure. I, I enjoyed the backstory they created for um, Hank Pym as the original Ant-Man and how mm-hmm. they filled in Definitely. some of the gaps of the, the you know the 70s and the 80s when he was Ant-Man, which we don't you know we don't know too much about. We see glimpses of it, but it was yeah. cool to see him pass along that legacy to Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, who I thought was excellent as oh, the yeah. lead character. Yeah. It was funny. He was funny. But again, it still was missing just a teensy teeny tiny, tiny no. bit also my biggest gripe I'm not gonna lie my biggest gripe was that yellow jacket the villain there was no practical suit it was all CGI yeah and that's true it just bothered yeah. me so much I don't know yeah. why it did
1: but it did I think my biggest problem with the film was the lack of hair on Kate the lack of hair yeah she didn't she had a have, have a ha- ha- hair haircut she didn't have the hair like she hadn't lost.
0: Yes, that's Evangeline Lily is. Oh, she has a she has a real name. That's her real name. But it's not just oh, Kate. Okay. Sorry, George. Okay. Okay. Her Sorry. hair took a while for me to get used to. It just didn't. Her, the hairstyle just didn't seem to fit her
1: for some reason. Not at all. I guess seven seven seasons of watching her with that great hair she had. Yes, and lost. Go so, figure. Um, and I know there's some extras we talked about before that we started recording that they just weren't that great. Didn't add yeah. a lot. You know, to be yeah. fair, I really enjoyed this blooper
0: reel better than, like, the last three <laughs> Marvel films, but other than that, I mean, they had the standard making of which was just, it was okay, uh, they had a couple of fake news reports that, you know, what's his, I forget his name, um, the, the, what's the bad guy's real name? Oh, Cross... Cross, that's it.
1: Cross, he, yeah, cross they had the like gun. an interview yeah. with
0: him as Alexander Cross before he revealed like the the <laughs> shrinking technology. They had like a couple little supplemental things like that, and they yeah. were just okay. They weren't the best. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. It's better than most movies out there. It's just not yeah. the best
1: Marvel film. So you definitely need to rent it if you're without not without a doubt. Add it you to you need collection. to see it. You have to see it because you've got to keep focused on the whole Marvel storyline. You've got to watch it. Um, may not need to add it to your collection. I would have bought it um, if we hadn't gotten a review copy. I would have added it to my collection regardless. Yeah. So so, so two antenna up. Maybe? I'm going to give it one and a half. That's good. That's good. Yeah, one and a half antenna. Antennae. It- Antennae. Yeah, maybe. Is that the plural? I don't know. Uh, that's okay. Somebody will tell us. Okay. So, yeah, definitely rent Ant-Man if you don't want to buy it, but you need to watch it. Sometimes you might see it. Sometimes you don't. Hey, long. Look- What's that? It's a five-legged goat!
0: <laughs> we all know that the idea of Tomorrowland at basically any Disney park is eventually going to become, uh, I guess, outdated. That's the best way to do it. You know, the future really catches up with us quickly these days, no matter how hard they try, and Tomorrowland is just going to look like Yesterdayland before they know it. So, how did Imagineer solve this? Well, at uh, Tomorrowland at Walt Disney World's uh, Magic Kingdom They make it the future that could have been. So when you're walking through Tomorrowland, uh, pay close attention to the ground, specifically what you're walking on. And you'll notice that the ground consists of various gears scattered throughout the entire land. The reasoning behind this is that the idea of Tomorrowland works like a clock, and those are the gears of the clock moving in, you know, everything is working in sync together, affecting other things, all while focusing on the idea of time, whether it's, the past or the present or the future or the future that could have been that never was that kind of thing
1: gosh yeah every time we start talking about time i get a little bit of a headache why because it just time it's travels weird. confusing it is it is wibbly, but that's wobbly, okay time i love <laughs> and wibbly wobbly uh, which we haven't used that line no in we a haven't a while time been a long time because it's something that we're
0: never going to give up we're no. never going to let speaking it go. of mouthfuls though Yes. It's time for the prize winner <laughs> for this week's Year of a Million or So Limited Time Cadets. I got, I'm got. i getting really better at this, the segue yes. thing.
1: Yes, much better because it was like, what, the first like six months I couldn't get that out? Yeah, yeah. At all.
0: Fair enough. Um, But this week's prize pack is a uh, prize pack from Fairy Godmother Travel. And, you know, just so you don't forget, I know we've been saying this every week for almost a year now, but you can still enter. You can send us an email at communicorweekly at gmail.com and uh, send us your name and your address and your birthday month. And we'll automatically enter you into the contest. We have, what, like um two months kind of left, sort of, kind of?
1: I think so. Something like that. It's the maths. Yeah, so. whatever. Math uh, and time is not our fortune. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Most of December and part of January. So, Yeah, it's almost 60s. over, guys. It's Ooh, almost over. Wow.
0: So this week's winner is Emily E. from Palm Harbor, Florida. Congratulations, Emily. Yay, we'll make sure
1: so Fairground Mother Travis sends you your prize pack out very soon. Yep, and let us know when you get it. Send us a photo uh, at imaginerding at gmail.com or post it to our Facebook page. Heck yes. We'd love to know it. So... Well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening or maybe watching this on an Oculus Rift from the future. Ooh, that'd be crazy. Ooh, well, however it, you're watching yes. us, you know, Another rate
0: us on iTunes, leave yeah. us a comment or hit the like button on Oculus Rift. I don't know what they have. Just do one of those things. <laughs> you have to blink
1: your left eyeball three times. Oh, is that what? Um, <laughs> I and mean, you get that piece of dust out too. Exactly. And you can always email us at communi weekly at gmail.com to enter the contest just say hey to us, send us a photo, or say, hey, what's Cory. You can also like us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at imagineerding. He's at Jeff Heimbach. And, of course, give us a call on the Communicor Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. Visit communicorweekly.spreadshirt.com to buy some of our awesome T-shirts that have been made by some of our amazing friends us and, and if you want your official Communicore Weekly membership
0: card or a sticker send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicore Weekly P.O. Box 432 Orange, California 92856 Yeah,
1: I can't believe how many we've sent out so, so many so many um, at so many trips to the post office for you actually yeah, right? That's true. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, you can also visit patreon.com slash weekly and find out how you can support the greatest online show. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor.
0: And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest online show.
1: A little easy.